John Mark about Hate Street. This is Fieldpop.com, the week in Georgia and English, coming to you from the Lower Hate in San Francisco, California, left coast. Today is Thursday, the 11th of October, 2018. On this date, in 1138, a massive earthquake hits Aleppo in northern Syria, which some historical accounts say killed 230,000 people, although this is now thought to have been confused, perhaps, with one in September of the same year in Ganja in modern Azerbaijan. 1582, this date was one of the 10 days skipped and omitted and sent away by the Catholic uh, territories in Italy, Poland, Portugal, and Spain when they switched from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. 1840, Lebanese Maronite Emir Bashir II surrenders to the British, Prussian, Russian, and Austrian-backed Ottomans and is exiled to Malta. 1906, the San Francisco School Board creates a diplomatic crisis between the United States and Japan when it declares that Japanese students must attend segregated schools. This results in the end of a large-scale Japanese migration to all parts of the United States except for Hawaii. 1944, following a, I say with air quotes, request by the Tuva Small People's Kural, or Parliament, uh, the Soviet Union annexes the Tuvan People's Republic, a country formerly recognized uh, by only the USSR and Mongolia. 1984, Catherine Sullivan is the first American woman to walk in space. 1991, Professor Anita Hill gives her televised testimony concerning sexual harassment during Clarence Thomas's Supreme Court nomination. Birthdays, <clears throat> uh, 1739, Grigory Potemkin, a uh, lover of the Tsarina, famous for the villages and battleship in 1925. Uh, Novelist Elmore Leonard in 1969. Marim Chadid, Moroccan astronomer and explorer. Today is the International Day of the Girl Child. I'm your host, Mark Mullen. For those who haven't heard, we are also doing a micro-podcast under seven minutes an episode every single day until the U.S. elections, which are 25 days away. Look for hashtag TurnoutTsunami. We are TurnoutTsunami.org for those who are U.S. voters or, or who know Americans and want to be sure that they vote. This is the way to do it. If you know Spanish-speaking U.S. voters or people interested, the same thing is in Spanish at TsunamiDeVotos.org. Check it out. It's all about turnout and getting our friends to vote. If you'd like to come in the forum or ask a question, go to tapilpod.com or send us an email at tapilpod at gmail.com. Former Minister of Sport and Youth Affairs Levan Kipiani confirmed to the media that the Omega tapes are genuine but says that they were staged to convince foreign investors in Omega Group that the company couldn't pay back its debts because it was being pressured by the Georgian government. Tapes appear to be to involve a number of high-level Otsneba officials in corruption schemes related to tobacco, Iveria TV, and a debt owned owed by Omega Group to the Georgian government. Omega Group founder Zaza Okuashvili says that the company doesn't have any debts with foreign partners and thus would not have any use for staged recordings. Kipiani also denied an allegation for Okuashvili that Kipiani had been kidnapped and threatened with rape by former chief prosecutor Otar Patskaradze as, uh, for part of his role in the conversations about debt and bribes that occurred in 2016. He added that Okuashvili personally owes him money as well. Okuashvili responded that Kipiani's remarks seemed like a badly staged performance happening, quote, 
as if he had just come out of the basement that he was held captive in, end quote. Otsneba, politician, said that Kipiani's conf- uh, comments confirmed that the whole affair was made up with MP Mamuka Mdinaradze saying that Okuashvili, uh, that we are dealing with a staged performance for avoiding taxes, while MP Archil Talukwadze called the affair a soap opera, United National Movement, Coalition President Grigol Vashadze said that Kipiani was frightened and morally destroyed and being forced by Otsneva to speak. Labor Shalva Natalashvili called uh, for the former chief prosecutor Otar Patskaradze's immediate arrest. Meanwhile, the prosecutor's office says that the tapes are doctored, contradicting both Kipiani and Okoshvili's versions of events. They say that an examination by the National Forensics Bureau identified numerous content-related inconsistencies in the conversations, unnatural, incompatible intonations, and numerous cuts of words and sentences. Okoshvili is currently in London, apparently does not plan to return to Georgia, Due to possible threats to his life, he says that he will happily testify via Skype or abroad. He's also planning to sue Bizina in France. He told Rustaviotti that the country's main robber is a French citizen, and perhaps the French will be able to clarify his role in money laundering, extortion, and burglary. Rustaviotti director Nika Gvaramia wrote on Facebook this week that, quote, we have to pressure all those who are either financing or otherwise assessing, um, assisting Salome Zurabashvili. Every politician who's accompanying her and supporting her, we have to remember and force them out of all spheres of public life, be it business, culture, or politics, end quote. Parliamentary Speaker Kobachidze responded saying, quote, this is a statement of a failed, inept fascist who has been defeated by Georgian democracy, the society, and the truth numerous times over the past six years, end quote, and Guadamia's comments came because of a recent candidate ranking that had Zurabashvili decisively winning. He added that the Georgian public had been expecting a clear position from civil society organization on Guadamia's fascist remarks, but failed to hear any such remarks, and that he was alarmed by remarks by the International Society for Fair Elections and Democracy Executive Director Michal Benidze defending Guadamia, who said that as the director of a private company, Guadamia but I mean, it doesn't have limitation, limitations on political campaigning, and that since his Facebook views have uh, not limited the coverage of Zurabashvili by Rustaviotti, no part of the electoral code has been violated. The ISFED statement said that Guadamia's comments fits within freedom of expression and does not contradict the election code. This is Kobachidze's second attack on civil society, recently, following comments last week where he called the leaders of several prominent NGOs partisan and self-serving and said that the organizations did not serve the public interest after a group released a statement criticizing the government for signs of corruption and informal rule. A group of eight NGOs, including the hardest-working NGO in the caucus's Transparency International Georgia, released a follow-up statement accusing Otsneba of using aggressive rhetoric against them in an attempt to delegitimize and discredit civil society. They added that they believed Otsneba is using the attacks to divert attention from the problems currently facing the government. Public defender Nino Lomjadia defended the NGOs, saying that no campaign against NGOs has ended well for any government. The problems this sector speaks out loud about and boldly, uh, they will not disappear by criticizing them. Otsneba endorsed uh, independent presidential candidate Salome Zurabashvili, uh, she told a group of ethnically Armenian attendees at a campaign event in, in the Ninotsminda area of Samska Javacheti that when Misha Saakashvili was president, he granted citizenship to a lot of Turks, but not to you. 
A group of 15 local NGOs have criticized her for xenophobia and using historical grievances to increase ethnic hatred. They also say that the statement might be illegal since the Georgian Electoral Code prevents candidates from encouraging religious or ethnic confrontation. The NGO statement also recalls some earlier xenophobic statements made by the candidate, including saying that Chinese people never die. Several members of a family use one ID card or passport who can see any difference. You may think that 10 persons have entered, but in reality, 100 persons have crossed the border, and that Chardini and Agmashenabeli streets should not be turned into the streets of hookahs. Zurabashvili also campaigned in Tbilisi and Kacheti, saying, among other things, that she was being targeted for being female. In the last week, United National Movement Coalition candidate Grigol Vashadze has been campaigning in Tbilisi, Mshetam Tianeti and Guria pledging to reduce bureaucratic spending, increase spending on social needs, raising teacher salaries to a thousand lari, reduce state involvement in education. European George's Tato Bakradze has been campaigning in Tbilisi and the regions discussing his plan to raise pensions by 50 lari and reform the pension system. He also participated in a discussion about women's rights. Labor's Shalanath Alashvili campaigned in Tbilisi, Khashuri, and Tel Aviv, met with ethnic minorities, and declared that he would make the 2nd of October the International Day of Genocide of Georgians, marking the 1992 Gagra massacre in Abkhazia. No talk of that being a speech that inflames ethnic tensions. He also visited a woman who had been detained and released by the South Ossetian authorities uh, and called for an increased Georgian military presence near the occupation line and for Georgian government to issue an arrest warrant for the chief of the military base in South Ossetia. Free George's Kaha Kukava campaigned in Tbilisi, Samagrillo, and Sanaki, mostly with his anti-immigrant platform and declaring pawn shops illegal, i.e. Lombardi, um, and opening up uh, Russian, Belarusian, and Ukrainian markets to Georgian alcohol. The development movement's Dato Usupashvili stayed in Tbilisi, calling for an end to the Misha Bidzina confrontation, opposing cannabis cultivation and participating in a discussion on women's rights. Girchi's Zura Japarize said that he could promise nothing except he would spend six years fighting for freedom and also vo- voice support for the Ukrainian Orthodox Church as it tries to gain autocephaly from the Russian Church. Georgian, uh, sorry, European Georgia poll found that their candidate, Dato Bakradze, is in the lead with 29% of the respondents supporting him, while Rustaviori poll shows Grigol Vashadze in the lead with 26% support. State Audit Office reports that in the second half of September, Zurabashvili received 85% of all campaign donations worth over a million lati, followed by European Georgia with 108,000, then UNM with 56,000, the Girgi uh, raised 89 lati during the same period. 16 candidates uh, won at least 3% in the last election or are members of parliament and created uh, factions are also receiving some state funding. Electoral watchdogs have expressed some concern about Zutabashvili's donations, noting large donations adding up to 200,000 from staff at two Tbilisi maternity clinics, including in one case a 20,000 lati donation Uh, made by a doctor who said on his personal Facebook page that he would not vote for her. This has raised suspicions that the clinic, which is partly owned by Osneba Member of Parliament El Guja Gotsiridze of Tribuli Terjola, is being used to make illegal donations. Several doctors have told the media 
that the administrators use their bank accounts to make donations, though others have said that they made the donations independently. One person involved said she donated 50,000 lati out of women's solidarity. Another said that he donated 10,000 lati because he figured Zudabashvili didn't work and didn't have an income and needed his help. Gotsaridze denies any involvement. Transparency International Georgia's Eka Gigaudi commented that making donations on behalf of somebody else is an electoral code violation and felony. State Audit Office also reported that Zudabashvili obtained a 1 million lati loan from the Bidzina-owned Kartu Bank on the 1st. The terms of the loan are not publicly known, but a representative of the Georgian Young Lawyers Association commented that if the terms are particularly favorable, the loan could also be considered an illegal campaign donation. The audit office has asked Zudabashvili for more information about the loan. ISFED released their second look at the pre-election environment in Georgia covering the 9th through the 30th of September. They found that since the official endorsement of Zudabashvili by Osneba, increasingly large numbers of public servants have become involved in the campaign, leading to some violations of rules on the use of public resources for campaigning, such as political Facebook posts made during work hours, a visit by Zudabashvili Kobachidze and Tbilisi Mayor Kashikaladze to the Tbilisi Memorial to fallen soldiers was heavily documented with images appearing on the official municipality website and Facebook page and other potential administrative resources violation. ISFED also noted that an anti-Zudabashvili statement by Metropolitan Petre uh, Chkondidi violates rules against campaigning by religious groups. ISFED also found 14 instances of the destruction of UNM coalition and European Georgia campaign materials, 11 instances of campaign events by Zudabashvili and Bashadze being hampered and interrupted by the opposition, and said that Okuashvili's allegations have cast a shadow over politics in Georgia. They also expressed concern about Osneba's attacks on civil society, saying that their statements could hamper the ability of election monitoring organizations. On the 1st of October, the Central Election Commission and 28 local election observing organizations signed a code of conduct setting professional and ethical norms for the upcoming elections. They also organized a code of ethics for presidential candidates with the help of the Swiss government, which 20 candidates have signed agreeing to observe election laws and carry out their campaigns without disinformation, discrimination, or hate speech. Imedi TV didn't broadcast its regular political satire uh, show, Vas Media, on the 7th, featuring comedian Vasiko Odisvili, following a segment critical of parliamentary speaker Kobachidze the week prior. Imedi says that the show didn't air because of a change of format that has nothing to do with Kobachidze and that the cancellation is only temporary. The segment in question mocked Kobachidze for mentioning in passing that he thought Channel Maestro TV was controlled by UNM in 2011 and 2012, and for accusing President Mark Velashvili of going on Maestro as a pro-UNM expert. Neither comment was true, because the show just recently began. Local media watchers suspect there is some political reason behind the cancellation, not a new look. Otsneba has postponed for two months discussion of a bill that would legalize the cultivation of medical cannabis for export following a wave of church-led protests against the bill. Otsneba members said that the pre-election period was not the appropriate time to carry out discussion while church representatives continued to advocate for completely abandoning the bill. The UNM coalition candidate Grigol Vashadze said that Otsneba was just going to pass the bill after rigging the October election and said that we will turn October 28th into a referendum 
on whether the country of an ancient culture will turn into a drug plantation for lining the pockets of Otsnaba patrons at the expense of wiping out our future generations, end quote. UNM Coalition Strength and Unity had started collecting signatures aimed at amending the Constitution to ban the cultivation and export of marijuana after going to Parliament to begin the official process. They need to obtain 200,000 signatures to move forward with the initiative. Chairman of the Parliamentary Committee on Procedural Issues, Georgi Kachiani, called the proposal populist and absurd and argued that it was pointless electioneering exercise since the current Constitution will no longer be in force following the presidential election. The European Parliament's Committee on Foreign Affairs reviewed Georgia's implementation of the EU Association Agreement on the 9th. They noted Georgia's sustained reforms positively, but encouraged the authorities to continue ensuring stability, further democratic reforms, and economic and social improvements for Georgians, and added that high-level corruption, full independence of the judiciary, and the depoliticization of media content remains key areas of concern. The heads of state of the Guam Organization for Democracy Economic Development, made up of Georgia, Ukraine, Azerbaijan, and Moldova, met in Chisinau on the 5th to discuss cooperation on Guam's flagship initiatives, a transport corridor, and a free trade area. They also signed a protocol on customs administration regarding the transport of goods by air between Guam countries. Bakhtadze uh, also met one-on-one with Moldovan Prime Minister Pavel Filip and signed an agreement on the exchange and protection of classified information between the two countries. Handling of secure documents is a big deal to NATO related to Georgia, by the way. He also met with Ukrainian Prime Minister Vladimir Groisman, and the two signed an agreement permitted, uh, permitting citizens to travel between the two countries with just their ID cards, making Ukraine the second country after Turkey to have a similar agreement with Georgia. The inaugural pr- plenary session of the Interparliamentary Assembly of Georgia, Moldova, and Ukraine met in Tbilisi on the 5th and 6th. The assembly aimed to protect the international interests of the three countries and allow them to work together to transition from their association agreement with the EU to full membership. President Georgi Markvelashvili appointed new ambassadors to Austria, Jordan, Latvia, and Turkey following their nomination by Prime Minister Mamuka Bakhtadze. Former Deputy Foreign Minister and Geneva International Discussion Chief Negotiator David Dondoa will head to Austria, um, where he'll also represent, sorry, be the representative to the OSCE and other Vienna-based organizations. Former Ambassador to Hungary Zaza Kandelaki will go to Jordan while the previous head of the Department of International Organizations at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Teamai Sudadze, will go to Latvia. Georgi Janjgrava, the previous ambassador to Saudi Arabia, will go to Turkey. Former Prime Minister Georgi Kvitikashvili has begun a new job as a consultant for the EBRD, advising Uzbekistan on private sector dialogue. Russia has stepped up its years-long campaign against the U.S.-funded Richard Luger Public Health Research Center outside of Tbilisi, which they say is being used to produce bioweapons and viruses. For those who don't know, it was built for a fortune because it was done by the Pentagon uh, rather than USAID or somebody normal. Incredible corruption and cost overruns in its construction. It's a its fairly innocuous goal was to create a lab to employ all the bioweapons specialists the Soviet Union had placed in Georgia so that they wouldn't get vacuumed up by Iran, Russia, North Korea, or who knows who else. 
It worked pretty well, now does peaceful work, looking at infectious diseases and that sort of thing. The Kremlin, ever looking for something to get their knickers in a twist about regarding friendly U.S.-Georgian relations, has for years tried to gin up controversy about this lab and use it to freak Georgians out. Anyway, this week, Vladimir Shamanov, the chairman of the Russian Duma's defense committee, said that Russia was planning to take diplomatic and military action against the lab, demanded that Russian specialists be allowed to examine the lab. Igor Kirillov, the chief of Russia's nuclear, biological, and chemical protection troop, said that it was highly likely that the United States was testing toxic drugs or highly lethal biological agents at the lab while pretending to do medical research. The Russian defense ministry also said that chemical and biological munitions were being stored there and that dozens of Georgians have already died as a result of the lab. Kremlin stooge and traitor Iorgi Orgadze, who served as Georgia's state security minister during the joyous years of 1993 to 95, fueled the recent disinformation campaign with some comments at the beginning of September saying that the lab conducts human experiments, creates biological weapons, and calling for U.S. President Donald Trump to investigate, saying the people of Georgia will be thankful to you if you deliver their country from these experiments. Meager compensations and apologies will never make up for the lives lost. He also shared a list of unknown providence of about 30 people who had gone to the lab for hep C treatment and later died, including 24 in one day. Allegedly, Giorgadze has lived in Russia since 1995, attempt to assassinate Edward Shevardnadze. Be on the watch for all of the Kremlin crew like Sandro Bregadze to start talking about this stuff. Aminan Gamkhalidze, head of the Georgia National Center for Disease Control and Public Health, said that all of the accusations were false and aimed at discrediting progressives and innovations in the country and that Russian experts have already been invited to visit the lab for a biolaboratory assessment workshop in November, and that will be attended by experts from 20 countries, but that the Russians have, surprise, surprise, not responded to the invitation. The Georgian Foreign Ministry has also released a statement denying the allegations. Russia has previously accused the lab of creating the brown marmorated stink bug scourge affecting Georgia, Abkhazia, and parts of Russia and introducing the Zika virus to Abkhazia and spreading African swine flu in Russia and spreading meningitis in children and of creating chemical weapons for use in Syria. The lab officially opened at long last in 2013. Maya uh, Otinashvili, the 37-year-old Georgia detained, uh, South, uh, detained by South Ossetian forces on the 29th of September, was released to Georgian authorities on the 9th after being held for 11 days. South Ossetians had originally planned to hold her for two months, then reduced it to one before releasing her. Otinashvili said that she was tending her land on the Georgian side of the occupation line when she was detained, while the South Ossetians said that she was on the South Ossetian-controlled side. According to Otinashvili, she was detained, taken to the Russian military base in uh, Tsinagari for a day, then taken to Skhinvali, and that she resisted and was beaten, then treated for her injuries. A Sputnik video interviewed her meeting with journalists in Skhinvali prior to her release and saying that she had not been beaten and was being treated well. Lovely. Recon Reconciliation Minister Ketevan Tcheshilashvili and President of the National Wrestling Federation Tamaz Gegashidze visited Otinashvili in the village uh, Kurvaleti near Gori and said that they worked together using formal and informal methods to get her released. South Ossetian Security Services said that another Georgian, a 50-year-old shepherd from the village Kirbali, also near Georgia, 
sorry, near Gori was detained on the 6th of October and released on the 9th after paying a fine, which is what they call a bribe. In September, school children in the ethnically Georgian Gali district of Abkhazia were banned from attending events organized by NGOs after several went to an exhibition of children's art in Vienna organized by the Georgian diaspora in Austria and Georgian NGO Kutaisi Youth Center. Gali schools were also recently ordered to send representatives to concerts celebrating Abkhazia's independence, which has caused, caused some pushback from Georgians. Two members of the Georgian military and one civilian uh, have been arrested on charges of illegally purchasing, selling, and storing ammunition, which was stolen from the defense ministry. The suspects were arrested in August by the ministry, um, but the ministry only recently announced that they face up to 13 years in prison if convicted. Azerbaijani activists Abtandil Mamedov and Elchin Namazov have set up an NGO in Tbilisi called the Institute for the Defense of Rights and Freedom, which hopes to bring attention to the human rights situation in Azerbaijan and to support Azeris in Georgia. The activists, the activists say that they have, their, have to base their organization out of Tbilisi because the situation in Azerbaijan paralyzes the activ activities of human rights organizations. Tbilisi-based media organization Chaihana won a free media award from Norway's Frit Ornd and German Dizeit Stiftung Evelyn und Gerd Busarius for their work using innovation tools to cover stories from the South Caucasus, including unique takes on conflicts, people's struggles, stories that authorities try to bury. Congratulations to Chaihana. Russian internet newspaper Frontanka and Belarusian online news site Belarusian Partisan also received awards. The meme this week is a video of a dog frolicking on the grass during a FC Dila and Torpedo Kutaisi game in Gori this week that somehow made international news, the Washington Post specifically, probably as a failed antidote to the misery of U.S. domestic news. Anyway, check it out. Stuff to read. OC Media, the 10-year anniversary of Abkhazia's recognition by Russia, um, was covered by them, the first UN-recognized country to do so. The celebrations marked uh, 10 years since the recognition and 25 years since the fall of Sukhumi, highlighted the important role of Russia uh, playing to the territory's history, has played in the territory's history. Some Abkhaz also point out that the EU education programs and others have also come to the region, a sign of Abkhazia's hope to become a truly independent state rather than another Russian republic, though this has been complicated by increasingly bad relations between Russia and Europe. Chaihana wrote about the Gori Day Daycare Center for the Elderly and the role that it plays for elderly war survivors in the area. The war forced many to flee homes and has left a group of elderly people in the area alone and impoverished in their old age. For many re residents over the age of 27, 2008 was the second time they'd been afflicted by conflict following the initial 1991 flight. Houses burned, fathers killed, caused some of these people to hide within themselves, but the center has brought people who might have otherwise lived solitary lives at home together. Now, every weekday, aging displaced people come together to play cards, watch TV, drink tea, and read newspapers in the company of others with shared experiences and memories, giving them a sense of community and ways to overcome the traumas they've experienced. Photographer Ryan Koopman's photograph of a dog in a trash pile underneath a Skaltuboat sanatorium has been shortlisted for an architectural photography award in the category Buildings in Use. Koopman's work looks at the lives of Abkhazian IDPs and the buildings they move into when fleeing the conflict in the 1990s. 
Jam News wrote about the lack of support from the Georgian Orthodox Church for the Ukrainian Church, which is currently trying to gain independence from Moscow. The Georgian Church says that it will not choose a side until the opinions of Moscow and Constantinople are uh, re- released, although individual members of the church have expressed varying opinions on the matter. The lack of a strong response has led some to accuse the Georgian church of being unduly influenced by Russia and because they don't want to take the chance that if the Russian church grants Ukraine autocephaly that they might do the same with the Abkhaz Orthodox Church. OC Media covered the Georgian emigrant journey through the stories of three women who went to Greece. They left for various reasons, to support their children, escape from alcoholic husbands, escape from abusive husbands, and faced many challenges, including hours in the February sea, months in detention, um, expensive smugglers, fields of landmines, and swamps. After all that, some of them have acquired residency permits and a sense of normality, but one woman still tries to avoid going outside in her new home. Eurasianet covered the plastic bag in Georgia and the recent ban, calling it the end of an era. They began as a sign of decadence and modernity in the Soviet Union, a fashion choice adorned by pop stars and parrots. And then the woven bazaar bags are gonna go bags that connect traders around the world and were recently reclaimed by Valenciaga's Demna Gvasalia. And then the ubiquitous, even in nature, thin black and pink and blue bags given at every bus stop at every opportunity at least until the first of the month. While the ban is probably good for the environment and, the e- and EU integration, some still grumble, saying this government's single goal is to make people's lives harder. New York Times Learning Network Country of the Week is Georgia. There's a quiz, some nice pictures and fun facts about the country. See how you do. It's pretty easy. Anybody who listens to this thing ought to get five out of five. Jim also uh, published a series of photos of last week's Tbili Soba. For those who missed it, there are flowers and Svadi, frolicking children, and all other signs that it's harvest festival time. All this stuff to read is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 185, the length in kilometers of the East-West Highway. On the 12th, Tbilisi Free University students will perform Anthony Burgess's A Clockwork Orange at 7 p.m. on campus of Tbilisi Free University. Also on the 12th, the Vachtang Chubaniani House Museum in Tbilisi will host a lecture on public opinion of George Balanchine by historian Pavel Janjgava at 6 p.m. Janjgava's work addresses Georgians in the United States and their popularity there. On the 11th through the 13th, the National Parliamentary Library of Georgia in Tbilisi will host a solo exhibition of Georgian psychedelic genre painter uh, Gvansa Apkhiadze, titled Magic Stories. Georgian Wine Festival uh, will be held in Tbilisi at Chardeni and Sioni Streets on the 13th from 12 to 7 p.m. There will be wine tasting exhibitions, unique brewery cheese, Georgian food, folklore, plays, mimes, and grandiose fireworks. Also on the 13th, Tbilisi State University will hold, host a workshop on new politics and post-socialist Europe and the former Soviet Union looking at political turmoil following the 2008 financial crisis. The event begins at 3 p.m. with a panel on the commons and solidarity economy of Southeast Europe featuring speakers from political government organizations from Romania, Hungary, Ukraine, Poland, Serbia, and Croatia, moderated by Sopo Japarize of Tbilisi Solidarity Network Alternative Trade Union. This will be followed by another panel on authoritarian tendencies, biopolitics, and the political ecology of reproduction with activists from Croatia, Latvia, Hungary, Romania, moderated by Nino Chalaya of Berlin's Humboldt University.
Sabuco Society for Nature Conservation is hosting a series of events to mark World Migratory Bird Day from the 12th through the 14th. On the 12th, with the Georgian National Museum, they will host an event for school groups that requires pre-registration. On the 13th, there'll be a visit to the Caucasus Biodiversity Exhibition uh, at the museum, along with a film and a lecture on bird migration. And finally, on the 14th at the Tbilisi Zoo, we'll hold an event featuring games about birds beginning at noon. Works of photographers uh, George Varsimashvili and Vachtang Kutsenev Gabashvili of Tbilisi's Secret Places, focusing on interiors and old uh, buildings, will show at the National Library in Tbilisi on the 16th at 6.30 p.m., accompanied by Mari Golatiani and the Abashidze sisters playing music about Tbilisi on piano and violin. The Georgian Astronomy Club is holding an open meeting on the 19th at Tbilisi's Old Hippodrome, where attendees will gather together to look at various celestial objects through telescopes and discuss astrology, cosmology, and science in general. The Georgian International Festival of Arts in Tbilisi, or Gift Festival, runs from the 18th of October through the 16th of November. It opens on the 18th at 6 p.m. at Vineria with the presentation of the Norwegian cultural focus of this year's event. On the 19th, the performance Yokai will be held at the Royal District Theater, combining paper seagulls, dance, magic, poetry, and sheer stupidity. Batumi celebrating Europe Day on the 13th, starting at 2 p.m. by the Alphabet Tower. There will be information about EU involvement in Georgia, a Euro Village Games, and a concert. Cycles of Life, a show by Russian artist Maria Chubarova is on display at Batumi's Contemporary Art Space through the 13th of October. Chubarova's delicately graceful works address themes of self-knowledge and study through interactions with nature. The Sejnachi Museum is hosting an exhibition from Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo House Studio Museums in Mexico. The exhibition includes about 100 photographs depicting the couple's lives, marriage, and work. The Frankfurt Book Fair is running this week through the 14th with Georgia as its guest of honor. Over 17, sorry, over 70 Georgian authors will be present, and the theme of the event is the 33 characters of the alphabet, which are presented as sculptures and even more symbolically as 33 songs and 33 loaves of bread and so on. Events will take place across Frankfurt. Visit the Book Fair uh, website buchmesse.de that's b-u-c-h-m-e-s-s-e dot d-e for more information that's it for this week my twitter address is at t-x-t-b-u-k that is tango x-ray tango bravo uniform kilo our email is tpeelpod at gmail.com or post to the forum on our website www.tpeelpod.com and from east london 1998 we'll finish with morchiba and down by the sea. Ice cream, the worries vanish.
Bye. <laughs> 